Check out part two of our episode with Lance Cavanaugh. I know this is a long one, but it's a good one. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Rugby Swag Show uh, brought to you by Health Enhanced Foods, the premier specialty foods, grains, and make baking mixes so that you can get the bread that you actually need. Check us out at healthenhancedfoods.com. And from now, check out the rest of our show. Check out the rest of this interview with Lance Kavanaugh with that great American rugby. I'm going to let you get back to the show in a moment, but I want to talk to you about our sponsors, Health Enhanced Foods, the best specialty flowers in the business. What does that mean for you? That is the flowers that allow you to be able to get the nutritious need from your bread made. That's muffins, bread, croissants, whatever, pancakes and muffins. It will give you the opportunity to be able to get the best while still being able to eat like you wanted to. We have various amounts of products available for those who have special dietary needs to those who are looking for a special health outcome. And of course, because they're part of the Rugby Swag Show, we want to let you know that you got a chance to go to healthenhancedfoods.com and use code Rugby Swag to be able to get 20% off your first order. Y'all, this is something that you're going to need. You got to build up, have your energy at the best, be the maximum. It's 2024. Let's do the best. But now I want you guys to get into it. Let's get back to the show. What does life put into you after this two and a half seasons? Well, the first thing is uh, it's a, it's a, a minimal knowledge base that you have to have to even like exist in that world. Right. Right. Um, the, the, it's small things that make you better, but piling up the small things on top of each other is what make you like great. So, right. um, you know, I'm the, the mistakes I would make at Davenport, I wouldn't make at life. Like, you right. know, going out of bounds was a big thing at one point. Like, Lance, you go out of bounds again. You know what I'm saying? We gonna, we gonna, uh, you're gonna run forever or you gonna, you know what I mean? Like, the punishments start piling up, right? Wow. Th- these little mistakes. That in other places, you'd be like, all right, you broke for 60 meters, got dragged out. Now I'd be like, Lance, you broke for 60 meters, and then you get dragged out? Like, you know, it, it, it's a difference in, like, approaches to how, you know, how I uh, process the game, how yeah. I see the game, the reason decisions are made, the reason we're set up a certain way, the reason we approach things a certain way, mm-hmm. um, the creativity. Right. My well, my creativity got closed down when I was at life. Like at Davenport, I'll throw like yeah, a behind, within the system more yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I would throw like a behind the back pass at Davenport that if yeah. I did it at life, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it better, it better go off. It better work. <laughs> right. But the standard, and it and it's something that Tui actually told me that um I really like held on to after. Like at the time, I didn't really you know what I mean? At the time, I didn't really grasp it. But later on, it was like something a little bit more important. It was like the making the most of all your opportunities. Right. Right. Like having having the, uh, I'll say professionalism, but having the respect to be able to approach every time that you get the ball as your opportunity to do it perfectly right, to knock it out of the park, to make sure it worked. And, you know, after I stopped playing that life, I took, a, I took some time off. But the the growth as a player and the way I was able to see the field, make decisions, why we make decisions. I mean, you, like I said, it can all start from that field till conversation where mm-hmm. it's like, you don't have to do it all yourself. You get all these little baby nuggets that's in that kind of realm where it's like, you ain't got to do it all yourself. 
Right. Or if you're on the edge, Lance, you the free player as the wing double up on the ruck. Or, you know what I'm saying, this is how you run a proper uh, dummy line. Because it was a lot of plays where I would basically be a, a dummy runner. You know, I'm right. running across with my hands up and the ball skips across my face, right? Why are we doing that? Then you watch it on film. Oh, you if see. I'm blind, yeah, if I'm the blind side wing going into this, this scrum set piece, going from uh, left to right, and I'm filling in that spot that's holding the 12, which means that once we get it to our 12, he's against a 13. Once yeah. he makes the pass from the 12, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay. Then you start learning little things about rugby schematically, like how a try isn't necessarily scored on the phase that is scored, but it's the space that was created on the phase before, two phases before. It's, chess. You have the chess, chess. Let, let's, you know, it's chess. Uh, the, you know, before math was, I mean, not math, but uh, rugby was like this moving math equation to me. And then, and then it turned into chess with math. In a sense, yeah. the moving math equation is if offensively we got more people on this side of the ruck than they got defenders, we should break the line. And then the chess pieces involved where, like, if we have equal an- amount or more and this big dude run a crash line because of his skill set and abilities, they have to take care of it this way, which means the space. And then you start really plugging in and really learning how different skill sets affect and where to use it, how to use it. It was it, it basically it, it's something that I say later on in life was it like and, and why great American rugby was created in a sense is yeah. like I have a I have I said dissertation before I have a, a master's degree level of rugby, right? I go to a place like life, I'm there for two years, I'm coached by Dan Payne, Scott Lawrence, you know what I'm saying, two years born, yeah. right? The, these you know, Scott Lawrence is a USA coach now. I'm pretty sure he ain't changed much since then, right? right? Like his, the mannerism, his approach, the stuff that you learn just by being a fly on the wall, like that kind of thing, it, it make you, it make you see rugby differently. And and this is just being at life. Now imagine yeah. if you go overseas, or imagine if you play for these different coaches, these different people all around. You know what I mean? Like it make you, it really open your eyes. And like if you can get out of your element where you at and maybe go to a different place you'll learn something that will actually make you you know what i mean and that's kind of the thing like just pulling up to life it was automatic like you have to have a certain standard of education right to be able to you know make it happen on the field so no that makes perfect sense and i mean yeah i mean like you're 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 the in-depth now that you have with it which is why i go back again to how that made you change uh, your rugby, what was the stamp that sets in is, I guess, obviously the depth. And again, the coaching circle of Scott Lawrence, Tui Osborne, Dan Payne, and probably in the back a little bit, um, uh, dude who starts with a C, Colby, Cole, uh, uh, Colton. He was the coach right after Scott Lawrence. Colton. Co- Kobe, right? Colton Carriaga, Colton. He's through, ex- 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 that one. But, but, all right, but imagine, Colton is my teammate. So he's not even a coach. He's not even time. a coach, but that's my point. That's how it's wild. Right. He's he's a he's our outside center. He's my outside center. So yeah. then it's like you learn it. Right, so then it becomes a thing where like I'm playing off of AJ McGinty. Yeah. Right. Nah, so then right now, you know, no nobody's thinking as fast as he is or processing what's in front of him as fast as he is. But you can see him looking across on the set piece. 
He always do the same thing. He look across, turn around, look at what he got, look stressed, run his hand through his hair real quick, and then be like, all right, this to play. And then you realize, oh, we almost had a line break going to our outside center on a crash ball uh, earlier in this half. If we run a dummy out the back of them, <laughs> they all going to – you know what I mean? Like, then you start seeing, like, the manipulation of play and, and, yeah. and you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Or the, the main thing that I learned, and this is the field till lesson, is picking your moments. And this right. is something that I try to tell I, – I told this to a player literally at free tail uh, uh, beginning of this year, a couple of weeks ago. It's like – for this player specifically, it's like, bro – Every time you touch the ball, they're worried about you taking it the entire length of the field. So as soon as you get the ball, you're dealing with a bunch of people who are on alert and they're immediately trying to close down all of your space. The minute you learn how to manipulate this space, move the ball along, pick your moments, you'll find yourself scoring more because the first two times you carry the ball, instead of you trying to go for the gusto and, and take the top off the defense, you should be trying to move the ball along. Yeah. And when they come back, you're dealing with a defense that's not as prepared as before. You de- you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like the processes of how to get through this and really how to, you know, use your skill set best. I learned so much because I had to go from winger yeah, where I was on a team where, where it was spoon-fed to me. When I right. played wing the first year of life, it was like, look, the offense was we got way too much, too many good people in the middle of the field. Y'all do your job and give it to the space. We got finisher on the outside like Lance and, you know, the other wing at the time was pretty good too. So it was like, let's create the space in the middle and give it to our people who are definitely able to finish at any cost. You give them one-on-one, they probably going to finish it. So that's how, you know, the life team was, you know, when I was a wing. And then AJ leaves and we lose some people and now I'm at fullback. So now it isn't so much let's create the space on the outside. It's uh, it's uh, let's be strong in the center of the field so that when we have mismatches on either side, we can make it work. And then that's a whole nother can of worms to learn and dissect and really figure out. So, it, you know, to be able to go through the process of playing wing, moving the fullback, having more responsibilities, that, you know, that that's the that's the, the kind of stuff you learn, especially. But that's I wasn't, wild. yeah, I wasn't really, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it was a, it was, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So, you know, I have a lot of hate with that time. Why did you end up leaving? Uh, I guess obviously best of times, worth of time. But I say, why did yeah, I got you? I got you, and that that plays in. How did I mean? How was Atlanta treating you in that area as well too? Because going to New York, you're talking about a significant jump, but at the same time, it's Atlanta. You know, Atlanta still has its opportunity, and this is before Atlanta's level of bouginess. Even though I've been a staunch staunch hater of Atlanta since 2002. <laughs> You should hate on Atlanta. They deserve it. So, so it was the same thing at Davenport. Play two years, work, get adjusted, live in the city. Same thing happened at Life. Played two seasons, two and a half seasons. I played three falls essentially. And yeah. um, you know, you you meet people, you know people. Teammates helped me get a job. I was living with some rugby players at the house, mm-hmm. and uh, and basically. It made me again feel as though I can exist anywhere. I was working at a club in Atlanta and I'm meeting all these celebrities and all these famous people walking around, and all I'm doing is just, you know, hanging out. I park a hey, car, come up? sit down, see doing? a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Park another car, see a model, 
park another car like any any weird atlanta celebrity you know how if you live in atlanta you just run across people that's famous all the time but any right. weird celebrity you can think of i didn't ran across in my time in atlanta and it was just like hey man this is pretty cool like there go two chains two chains dapping us up you know what i'm saying rick ross showing love you know what i'm saying like i got a picture with vivica fox you know what i'm saying like oh so Oh, you know, like you know, Ti a aho. He was an aho at the time. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a weird. You know, I'm pretty sure he nice when he ain't dealing with service people, but he was not. He was especially not good when I was there. And it was like, then you meet these people, and it's like, oh, this guy's a goofy. This guy acts like this. This guy does yeah. this. Like, but it. The, it, I the fit veil right gets on. Yeah, yeah, but I fit right in in Atlanta because I don't keep up with the Joneses. I was able to kind of be a fly on the wall and kind of see like trends and and you know black culture, whatever you know. I, mean, I don't even know how you quantify that if, if black people don't own it. I don't know how you quantify it, but black culture, you know, run amok. I've watched, you know, I've seen people pull up in most ridiculous cars that they don't own, but stunt like they the man. I've seen people, you know what I mean? Like you get to see, you get to see a different kind of world. And New York came about the same way that life came about. My boy Dominguez was in New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but think of this though. I'm done with rugby when, when I left life. Fall 2015. I, I talked to him in November. I'm like, I'm done, bro. I'm done. I'm good. Why? Uh what's required of you at even if even if I'm not giving much from life. I'm still required as if they're paying all my schooling. Still required yeah. as if they're paying my housing. So I'm going to work. Imagine on Tuesday, I go to work till three in the morning, right? So it's Wednesday at three in the morning. I get home. We got weightlifting at six. Right. If I miss weightlifting, it's because I was at work till three in the morning, right? right? And then if I go to make it up, it still can be held against me. So like right. I'm I'm getting punished because I have to pay for my living. Like bro, right. y'all not hooking me up with a job. I found one that pay everything and allowed me to be free on Saturdays. Allowed me to be free on practice times. It fits perfectly. But this thing ain't working. Don't matter. You still gotta run. Okay. So what about? Don't matter. You still don't matter. You still. And then by that time, it was trying to push me out. It's a bunch of like, a goofy things about like dealing with those situations where like, it's not necessarily about nothing much except for power control right right so imagine imagine oh, I'm, oh i might as well tell this this is a good one let's so, go this is a good one you know use it how you will it is what it is it's just the truth so um life university at the time was naia i think they right. still are they still are right so the naia and a rugby team is usa rugby right and neither one of them governing bodies or entities is there a drug test like requirement yeah. right it literally said in the naia like we on drug tests each school does that today on the discretion uh usa rugby or rugby in general doesn't drug test until you get to the international stage so anything before that or around that is just like it's free for all it's wild yeah. wild west so imagine you going to a place like life and they drug test you so y'all doing this on your own this isn't right. something that's required from anybody or anything right and they, and they basically do it to get people in trouble. That's mm -hmm. essentially the only reason that I can think of they do it. If you're not knocking over convenience stores or committing crimes, 
you're not doing anything wrong and then they manufacture a reason for you to be wrong is a problem now look even look even me i ain't i ain't bought that life nothing right. comes about it but the fact that y'all trying to the fact it that whatever, sinister. Like, yeah, what, it, what you... it's, it's built that way you know what i'm saying yeah. i've seen a bunch of people get mixed up and in trouble because they party hard after a win and then they come in monday and they got a drug test okay right. so what's the reason they got do you suspect them of doing something criminal wrong behavior or, or yeah, whatever. criminal behavior something they're not listen they're not testing for steroids they're not testing oh. for stuff that destroy your body they're testing for recreation right so they're essentially doing this to get people in trouble because there's people that was juicing at life at the time undergrads undergrads that was juicing at the time clearly juicing and behavior and body composition and right. acne in any way you can think of, you like, yeah, bro, that dude on the cycle. Like, you know it. Them not the ones dudes getting drug tested, right? And even if they were, they're not drug tested for anabolic steroids. Or for that. Cycle. Yeah. They're, they're doing it for something that's, you know what I'm saying, for the fun Superficial, of Superficial, yeah. basically. So it's like, okay, I'm being drug tested before the last game of the fall. Okay, whatever. I got to come in early to do it. Okay, cool. I pass. All right, sweet. All right, cool. Move on. Right. But then it's just realizing that before that, the whole time leading up to that, I never was drug tested. It wasn't right. until I was at the end. It wasn't until they trying to get, they trying to not give me scholarship or take money away that they like, all right, let's find a reason to get them. Let's find a reason. Let's find a reason. Right. So it takes away that trust that you can have in the institution. So that, that was, were you starting to feel like that was just part of, rugby culture uh for success that was just wearing you out where you're like i gotta burn i'm burning out from this like i don't want to go back to it it's, ever again is it, you burning you burning uh a candle on both ends right so i do have to live and survive but what i love to do is compete right but in order for me to compete i have to pay for school i have to pay for my living i got a car got insurance got phone got blah 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 mm -hmm. But what's required for me to play on this team means that I have practice four days a week. Right. I have a game on Sun on Saturday. I got med checkup on Sunday, and that can be held against you if you don't go to that. So imagine I play a game, and then the game over at five. I go mm -hmm. to the crib, try to get cleaned up, and try to get a little break before I go to work. Work is from 10 o'clock to 3 in the morning. And then I got to be up at 10 in the morning the next day to do med checks. If you're not at med mm -hmm. checks, that's held against you. You know what I'm saying? Then start back over Monday, right? But I got weightlifting in the middle of that. I still got practices mm -hmm. in the middle of that. I still got classes in the middle of that. I still got blase, blase, skip in the middle of that. So mm -hmm. it's just like, <clears throat> you know, I ran this course. Especially, and also, uh, mind you, you know, most of the people have moved on. So I was the offense. This isn't mm -hmm. me like... This I want to say this, and you don't have to disclaim it. Stop disclaiming. I, I got to disclaim it. I got to disclaim this, right? AJ McGinty leaves, who's probably the best player to ever play in life, right? And then the offense don't take a step back. Naturally, right? So I'm out here balling. At this point, I'm out here balling. Now you know we had you had a we had an ego at we had an ego at scrum half. We probably had another ego at like you know like lock or something or another position. We definitely had eager caliber players all through the field, but our biggest offensive threat walk away 
and we still a strong offensive threat team with the ability yeah. to score at any moment. And it was, and this is another thing: we weren't playing for national titles anymore. So now we just plan to play, and then you know we play a really strong fall, and right. then we finish it off in the spring, and that's just the end. And then you don't do nothing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know it's still control, right? So I can't play at this point. I'm willing. I'm ready to play sevens in the summer. You can't, right? You want to really? play for yeah, dude. If you play at life and you're on scholarship, bro, they ain't letting you do none of that. You ain't no. doing none of that. You ain't doing none of that. So it was it was like it, it's not, it's it just don't work. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. butting heads with the coach. You know what I mean? Like this dude don't even know who I am for real. Like he don't know nothing about me. He don't know and they don't care to know. And that's fine. Like, you know what I mean? It, and then it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of little things, right? Imagine like <clears throat> This social media stuff that I do now, I was trying to do in 2010. The coach at Davenport told me if I do it, I lose my scholarship, lose my spot. So I can't do the social media thing. Years you go speak, by. Speak volumes to a lot of where rugby is right now of what they were doing in 2010, 2011, 2012, and really until 2017. Let's be honest. Imagine, 2017. imagine being told you can't have a social media and then years later, these schools have dedicated social media pages. Like, it's like a weird, you know, I go to life and the same thing happened. Stop posting stuff. You know what I'm saying? You like, like, you putting your scholarship, no. your position in jeopardy. Stop posting stuff. Stop doing the videos around, the, you know what I'm saying? Cut all that social media stuff out. Three years later, they, they tagging great American rugby and stuff. It's a weird yeah. freaking set of circumstances, <laughs> but that's a part of the evolution of rugby, right? right. My philosophy on how the old school held rugby back for so long, which is why we're not as good as we could be now. And right. it's because we don't pull the best that we can through excitement, but instead the purest, and what is pure really, but the purest, right of the game trying to keep it one way into this little cute little bubble and that's like literally boxing us up and keeping us from expanding yeah you know? i mean look i i, I was and i know there's like a slight divert uh, digression but it, it to the point i've been a big it's one of those big believers where it's like there's the moment where you're able to be in front of the trend and you're not jumping on and then you find yourself following is one of the problems that i found with rugby consistently i remember in 20 i mean 2014 like i remember it was myself and ginty that probably were doing as much streaming as anybody at the time before they started like building it up outside of national championship games outside of national championship games the right. individual ones right i was a big believer i was like look rugby has the chance to be able to be the best sports entity utilizing the digital space right now because you're it was TV was won by football, you know, like yeah. the in-game performance was won by baseball way back in the thirties and whatever. These were the things that helped trend it out. The storylines is what helped the NBA. So rugby naturally was supposed to be set to start doing a digital presence. Yep. And it wasn't until like, obviously 2020 when they started actually making a difference on it, but like 2014, 2015, Nobody was doing anything. Nobody. You would see it was basically a Facebook page and the occasional Twitter update. Yeah. But nobody was creating a regular, a consistent news. Nobody was trying to be able to create updates and allow people, which ironically, everybody was finding your teams 
by these digital elements, this is where you want it to be able to have the most yep. amount of effect. Yep. And yep. so you lose the pace, and then all of a sudden, come 2020, oh, man, maybe we should start doing it on TikTok. Mind you, people like Ileona Marr and, at the time, uh, uh, Cody... Um, Mel, the other dude for uh, USA Cody Rugby Melfi. and during the Melfi, easy, oh. right? With Cody Melfi, they're doing the uh, uh, Olympic Twitter, uh, Olympic uh, TikToking yep. on their own. It yep. wasn't until they were way up, and then they were like, "Oh, maybe we should jump on Ilya." Maybe, maybe we should talk. Maybe we, yeah, maybe yeah. we should do something with this. Yeah. And then now, then it goes. And but by that point, you're following the trend. And everybody was already there, and you could have been ahead of the game in the best possible ways. Yep, so yep. it's like it's it's the purism, and then we're still doing it even to this day. Yes, even what would go with like the Netflix doc. I look, I am here for it. Don't I think spoil it's it. Don't spoil it. I ain't seen it yet. I ain't watching it. It's not out yet. It's not. Okay, it doesn't come out okay, until okay, the twenty fourth. Okay. So you're good. Okay. Uh, there's people who have previewed it. I'm. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little. I get a little insulted that we, we're not able to get the preview because Americans doing rugby media, like that's come on. Anyways, but like those are ones, those are things that once again they're only doing it because they saw what Drive to Survive and the tennis one did. When you should have been doing this from the beginning, they've had the prime and everything like that, but they don't promote it. So it's just like, where is it that you want to be? Do you want to constantly be following? Well, you follow, you're never gonna grow because everybody's already gonna be surpassing you. Yeah, I well, th this is this is part of it, right? I think we have to really understand the history of what rugby is. That's a big thing about all of this, right? It's true, especially it's true. especially in my time of playing rugby league, right? I'm a historian by like I don't know interest. I'm just I just love looking at history. Right. Excuse me, right? I will watch a World War II documentary in a heartbeat right now. Like that's just you know what I mean? I would learn about some small village massacre that happened in Viet Cong and what were the components that made the situation and made that area powder keg and why, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, right? I, right. So when I got into rugby league, I wanted to know the history. Then yeah. you learn that rugby league was created to get away from the elitists that were in yeah. union. that Because they didn't want to pay. Because they didn't want to pay nobody. They didn't want to pay. Oh, no, you need to play for the amateurism, play for the glory of it while these guys are broke and hurting in the minds trying to go do work. Like, bro, whenever I, I'm telling you, whenever I learned about that with Rugby League, it threw me off because Rugby Union has made a villain of Rugby League so yes. heavily. Yes. And even to this day, I, don't get me wrong, the bias is still incredibly there, but it doesn't make sense because Rugby League basically did the same thing that soccer did uh, for association football, that soccer did, it went into the poor, the poor communities. Yep. And what did it do? It grew. It football grew. diverged from football, from rugby, and went into the poor, yeah. less yeah. economically strained yeah. communities and grew. Yeah. Basketball, you know, developed within itself. But the point was, whenever you separated from the elitism, you yeah. saw the growth immediately yeah. happen. So knowing what happened with rugby league and knowing that rugby league was has still not been able to facilitate despite the fact they run they've been able to be far better when it comes to entertainment they've been forefront in when it comes to uh payments uh they have been able to at least create a product in terms of running a tv show but definitely the 
squish of rugby union has has prevented it from being able to grow at the max that it was. And you're talking about yeah. northern England. Yeah, That's, it's northern England. Yeah. <laughs> and then how you know? it finds is how it found its way on other parts of the world and how they hold on to it, right? So take right. like take like Australia. We see Australia rugby union is really strong. Rugby it's league not. in Australia it's comparative to rugby union. Rugby league is absolutely t- like and it's it's a blessing that I've been able to like see it. It was a blessing yeah. that I was able to go to that side and see the difference and do the compare and contrast. Like funny enough, my TikTok is all rugby league stuff. Right. All rugby league stuff. It's probably like 85% rugby league. And the responses, the interactions I get. When I say rugby league fans are some of the most diehard human beings on this earth, they ride for they set. They ride for they team. If I say, hey, y'all, I love, if I just made a TikTok post on my camera, I love rugby union. What a game. All the people that love me in rugby league that love my post, they be like, oh, you're lame. Like, you switched up on us. Like, they hold rugby league to a high regard. And that's actually part of the reason I have a lot of love for rugby league and, and the way they operate. You, you, am I going to see you in Vegas in March? we talk about that later. Yeah, just, there's a lot happening within this. There's a lot happening within this. Believe me, I, I know exactly what you're talking about as well, too. But yeah, but but yeah. But anyway, my time in life was over. Life was life was done. And uh, no, oh, blue. So, so obviously, time, Demiga says, hey, man, I got some stuff go, happening over here in New York. All right. Jump out to Old Blue, where you're now entering into the weirdest rivalry, I feel like, is in the Northeast part. New York Rugby Club and Old Blue that nah, are rivals, rivalry. That's not a rivalry. but they share everything together. They're not, they're not. New York Rugby Club, I'm, you know, you know, it's funny. This is funny. I, um, I've said some salacious things. Not salacious. I said some very, uh, some uh, very uh, mean things about New York Rugby Club recently, and I'd like to apologize to absolutely no one. But um, I end up going to Old Blue on it was almost like a baby whim. My my now uh, fiance and I were in Atlanta, and I was at my house. By the way, congratulations on that! Congratulations on the engagement. Big step. I look for. I look forward to seeing that next step. When you guys get married this year, cheers to you, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You, you already took the leap. All right, we ain't gonna talk. Yo, about dude, look, I know, I know. Like, I, hey, I am here to positively tell people it's okay to get married. Don't let, don't let this generation of it. TikTok and X fool you from the fact that marriage is actually a legit thing if you find the right partner yeah. and have the right mindset yeah. with it. So she was in Atlanta, and the uh, Migas texted me. Cause he just got done, uh, you know, pro rugby did one year. If pro right. rugby do two years, I play for Ohio. They do one oh, year. Oh, he was an aviator, right. Yeah, and um, he ended up uh, – he playing for the USA at this time, and he needed to just play in order to stay in the fold, in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be a, you got to be playing. So he like, man, I'm in New York. Come play for Old Blue. I'm like, bro, this again. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this again. But but when I left life, I was done with rugby. You know, yeah. I had enough of dealing with, you know, it, it was more or less the environment, not rugby. But right. it was it was points where rugby wasn't fun. Right. The game was fun, but all the maintenance leading up to it, all the things I had to do to lead up to it, is something that that's been so beautiful to me that I love so much. Why is it so tough to be 
a part of it, and especially a part of it in an environment that they that they treat it real, right? So because you know that was the highest level that I that I achieved at that point, and the next highest levels were kind of just far off. It was either USA or professional. The professional rugby closed, so it was just USA. At this point, I'm like 28, 29-ish. So I pretty much it, it was like, all right, this is it. You know what I'm saying? I'm done mm-hmm. with it. I won't worry. I will focus on life, get ready to move to Florida, kind of, you know, get myself set up to come down here or whatever. And uh, he sends me a text message. He like, listen, man, come to New York. Come to Old Blue. You know what I'm saying? And Demiga is the kind of person is where he'll tell me to come to a place come play with a place, but he didn't already have the conversations with all the people that have made him happy. So he's already, he's already got me greenlit for this, right? He's already made it so that I'm going to be down there. So uh, we, I was planning to move to Florida towards the end of that year or, or the beginning of next year. So I go inside of my house and I uh, go up to my then girlfriend and I was telling her like, you know, this team in New York want me. I think I, I think I can go to New York and play. And she's born and raised in New York, so you know what I'm saying. She like, oh, wow. yeah, that gave me a reason to go to New York. Yeah, of. let's go. New Yorkers, New Yorkers always are looking. They're always somehow in the South, and always are just like, yo, man, I'm from New York. Let me get back to New York. I let can't me, wait to live in New York. Let me find a reason to get back to New York. So For any reason, any right. reason. So I end up, um, I end up setting it up to go down there. They're like, yeah, we got a place for you and all that. Like, do you need help getting down here? I'm like, no, because by that time, since I, you know, spent nine months of working and not really having to worry about anything else but work i did pretty well right. for myself and i was like all right I, i'll go to new york went down there i flew into new york september 11th 2016 which is crazy to me you know 15 years later i'm flying into new york you know september 11th i'm thinking that's wild and uh, <laughs> i would never i would never forget this right i i get out of the plane on LaGuardia. I go to the uh the rugby house that Demik is staying in. At the time, he's staying with like Butcher, right? Dylan uh Fawcett. Yep. He's staying yep. with like, you know, and he and we all played together at uh what no, he wasn't with was he with was he with Butcher yet? Was he with Butcher yet? I think Butcher no 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 Butcher came out of so he was staying with uh Harry Higgins. You remember Harry Higgins? He played for the USA. Uh the name's there. familiar. I don't have he a... was a USA guy and um I I get out the plane. I take an Uber straight to his crib. I walk right up the steps. Right now, at this point in time, I'd only been in New York as a, like on some visiting team with the team. Yeah. Leave with the team, no extraness. You just you with the, you fly in. Y'all go to the hotel. Y'all working together. Then y'all go to the game. Y'all get back and y'all fly. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like by myself. And I'm in this dude. I'm in the house for like an hour or something. And I'm hungry in the mug. I'm like Migas, man. I want to go get something to eat so bad. <laughs> but that's New York City out there, bro. <laughs> that's New York City out there. Like, I'm, I, it, was, it was the first time where when I first moved to a place, it was first living with a place, like, I was just obviously overwhelmed. It was the most people I have seen outside on a random Tuesday afternoon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. I couldn't fathom how it was like this. You know what I mean? And Dude, th- those buildings hit you. It, it's, it, it's first that horizon. And then you get hit by like oh the God. sound, and then you get hit by like, especially if you're coming out the tunnel, you're just like up, and literally oh it's God. like the sky opens. Oh my God, yo! Like I, I, no. I wasn't, I wasn't. I've been in New York before. I've been in New York a few times before that, but I, 
I don't think I was ready for it mentally, like right then. Yeah. And that that was actually like the last test of like I can live anywhere kind of thing. Cause it didn't take yeah. me long to find a job. It didn't take me long to get situated in a rugby house. And it took me a while to get good at the rugby at Old Blue. It was the same situation. I'm a really good practice player. If you do if if you give me the same setup five times, by the gonna... second time, third time, I done figured it out and we're gonna make it work. So right. You know, I watch people do the rep and then I jump in. I got understanding of it. I make it work. Okay, I fit right in. I'm good. Right. So first week I'm there, I play D2, you know, they, you know, whatever. And then from then on, I was start D1, highest level, whatever. Right. But that first game was like Nyack. <laughs> right. So I go from on the couch for nine months to playing Nyack, essentially. You know what I'm saying? I had a I had a pretty mediocre game. I didn't play that well. Right. Uh, I mean, you were rusty. Yeah. I mean, I'll use that as an excuse because I continued to be rusty until the fall was over. <laughs> uh, I won't let I won't let that rock. I was rusty, and uh, and then by the spring, I was like back. I was like back, yeah. back, fully back. And that's when I like when the spring started. I got hurt like the first game we played against like Army. I got hurt like took like a super knee bruise kind of thing. Goof, you know, you get these goofy rugby injuries where I'm tackling a guy yep. and my own teammate knees me in the side of my leg, so now I'm out <laughs> for two weeks, right? These kind of like goofy, just rugby, whatever, right? And uh, I think when I was hurt, it was when I realized like this is the end of it. Like, I can I can play for this, I can play for old blue for the next five years, right? But that's where the beginning it will end. It will begin at Old Blue. It will end at Old Blue. Now, that right. was wrong because Rooney came right after. And if I'd have stayed in New York for another year and a half or two, I'd have been part of that first couple years Rooney team. But um, I mean, look, look, you know, you, sometimes you go to where 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 God sent you to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it was it was the like I knew this was my last hurrah. Twenty nine right. years old. I'm in the best city I ever lived in. Um, rugby was my every day. What I did right. for work was rugby. I would go to different right. schools and teach rugby. And then once that was over, I would go to Harlem and coach a youth team. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would go to New Jersey and coach another team. Right. So essentially yeah. I'm just a rugby, I'm rugby, 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 hundred percent right. of the time, hundred percent. Right. End up getting in with a school and coaching a rugby team. And I, and I, and it was like, as, as it became, as I started going and I'm like making a living for myself and establishing myself, I had to have a real conversation like this, the end of it. Like I've played now for, you know, at that point, it had been about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years. That's a good shift. It's time. It's, to ten, it was, it's not like 10 years. It's like 10 hard, like deep in it years. It, it's 10 years. Well, five of those years was really real. Five yeah. of those years were six. Six of those years were really, really real. Six of those years were tough on my body. Six of those years were uh, getting over a lot of self doubt. Six, you know, six of those years was like having to compete, uh, having to compete with people who were bigger than me, who were right. more rugby knowledgeable in a lot of ways than me. It was also uh, me being really good and not getting credit for it. This is the biggest right. thing that I had to deal with, really. Like. Um, you know, some of the best games I ever played, some of the best moments I ever had on a rugby field were either 
inconsequential, you know, inconsequential in the end, or they were in the middle of some of the madness to where you couldn't really harp on it or, or, or be happy right. about it. You know what I'm saying? So I would find myself making a massive, amazing play. No, I ain't seen nobody do nothing like that in the game. And then they'd be like, yeah, all right, congrats, good job, whatever. And and that kind of beat up on me because it wasn't like I was getting feedback as to why I wasn't making these teams or why I wasn't getting selected for stuff or why I wasn't. Like imagine imagine putting the moves on a guy in practice and then going to a game and cooking somebody up and then yep. those two people at a USA camp and you still at practice. I'm obviously successful against y'all. Like, what's the reason I'm not there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that's when you learn about how much the politics, you know, create the circumstances. You know what I mean? The politics, um, how that politics control people, especially back Mm -hmm. then, right? Social media helps out a lot now, right? If I want to. Because now there's open space of the discussion to reveal it out. If, if, If I wanted to talk to the coach of the USA team back then, it's no way. Now yeah. you can get a, 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 a the attention of Mike Friday if you needed to. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I want to be the help for that. I want to make that happen more and more. I want to be yeah. able to directly allow players who are performing well to be able to get, you know, a conversation. Instead of having to go through the coach who knows the coach who knows the trainer of the team, or the coach who knows the guy, I wanted you to be able to talk to Reggie, and it wasn't like that back then. So right. I will have success against players that's on the USA team or around the USA team or close to it, and it will mean, you know, nothing. It mm-hmm. will mean absolutely nothing. And then, you know, I'm 29 now. They're not. They're definitely not going to pick me up now. I'm definitely not the one they want now. Let's figure out something else. And that's when mm-hmm. the, the beginning of Great American Rugby started to really form. Right, right when I was leaving getting ready to leave new york but i was done with rugby leaving life and new york old blue like brought me back like this is one reason why you always see me showing love to old blue i only played one year it's not like i was there for this absorbent amount of time but the guys on the team the the uh the culture of the team realizing you know i go to these other places and being me and being happy and being joyful and being enthusiastic was seen as a negative. Mm. It would bother people. I was considered cocky or arrogant. I'm the guy helping us up, helping you know, helping my teammates up when they down. I'm the guy that's sticking around and hanging around our injured players, you know, when they down. I'm the guy mm. that's telling the dude, "Don't worry about that mistake, move on." And then you know, but you know, if if, if it's not, there's no appreciation. Of course, all about himself. Yeah, it's not seen that way, you know what I mean? And that's and that's a really weird thing to be misunderstood, right? Mm-hmm. This is one reason why, like, I, I made a point to say I was told not to have a social media, and then I see these same teams who told me it, it's different coaches, different people, but it's right. still I see these same teams that told me not to post on social media, or do social media, having dedicated social media to your pages, you know what I'm saying? That is a reason why great american rugby rocks it's the reason like i was told at one point i couldn't nobody can't tell me i can't now we don't take this thing where it need to go where it should have been where you know what i mean and then you know they didn't stop nothing but you know what i mean they slowed down the show so now it's like yeah i'm I'm locked in that that you know small guy syndrome chip on my shoulder kind of thing it's still there it's still there so 
that's the reason why it is. That's the reason why I treat Great American Rugby the way I do. It's because I had a real conversation with myself, had to realize it was over. And then mm-hmm. as I look back, I realized that it, it's a lot of room for me to really get to it. So it's, it's a lot of things I left on the table. So it's time to get, you know what I mean? No, no. I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, it also makes sense to basically the renaissance that New York had to do to be able to do that because it, it sounds like it refitted. Well, you said it. It refitted what the culture, as I'll make it the assumption, as you originally had experienced it at the beginning in Toledo was whenever you first fell in love with the sport as it was versus once you got to the professionalism of it. So it it brings you back to where it is at the beginning, which is absolutely the most important thing whenever it comes to knowing what you want to do with this, what what your objective and purpose goes to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, a lot of it just has to do what was missing from me when I was playing. Yeah. This is a lot of the great American rugby is me me calling out to all the things I didn't have as a player that I wanted or, you know, and now I like I should have had. I want to make sure that other players have that. I want to make right. sure that, you know, somebody sound the alarm when this kid who came from some miscellaneous school here in Florida, goes to a college and is tearing it up. Right. Nobody would speak on the growth. No one would speak on the sacrifice. No one would speak mm-hmm. on this person's reasons, you know what I'm saying, their objectives, their their purpose. Then you don't get to see a full, well-rounded story. That's just some fast guy. No, it's not just mm-hmm. a fast guy. He's it's not just him. a fast guy. He's more than that. He's Right. He's a guy that couldn't pass with his left hand two years ago. Right. He was a guy that <clears throat> was begging and starving for a spot on the starting lineup. And now you can't go into a game without him playing. You can't, y'all, y'all chances of winning diminish without him on the team. He's not just a fast guy. He's a guy that's worked on it. Learn about him, right? Get to meet him, get to know him. Even if he don't make it to the, the height of the heights, he deserved to be on the field with the guys that are fighting and compete to that level. But how would anybody select him? How would anybody know that he's out there? If, if nobody's pointing him out. Yeah, if, if, if he's just cooking somewhere in the Carolinas, nobody's going to be able to see who he's playing against, You know how special of a player he is. Let him go out there and test himself against those guys, see if he fit in. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. But if he does, which he probably will, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, Let, learn a little bit about him in the process. And then there's other people, you know, like Coop. Right. I've known Coop. Once I moved to Atlanta, I met Coop pretty yeah. quickly. Right. Now, me and Coop get on the internet and argue, you know, you know, <laughs> IG and argue and have fun. But at one point, Coop was a young dude on the Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, Renegades. He was yep. a young dude on that team that I was like, hey man, he could play a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But then when he make a mistake, ah, Coop, you messing up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ah, yeah. So now he older. Now he's playing on those levels now he's playing against all of those same people that mm-hmm. i'm trying to get others to play around and he getting his respect he earned it he deserved yeah. it right somebody need to be able to say like i remember when coop was a little snot nose right if you don't think he good now you must not have seen it when back then because he killing right. now back then he was making the mistakes going through his motions growing getting better now look at him you know what I'm saying? Right. That kind of thing is important. That's how you really that's how you really learn to appreciate the people. You say the storylines is important. The people, right? Mamba mentality is a real thing. They love Kobe 
we know he was focused, but giving him the moniker like my mentality, it takes life for his own. Right. Then it becomes something, excuse me, then it becomes something that's even different, that's bigger than just basketball, rugby, what, those kind of things. And that's, but that, that, that's a story of, I'm not going to say just stardom, but that's a story of, I, I think, sports in general. We become attached because we know that these people had the struggle, they had a growth, they had a result. And as a result, we got to experience that with them along the way, more or less. And we get to be there. And now that we connect to them, we stay wanting to watch that process yes. over and over. Yes. You know, you know, the coolest, the coolest guy in sports growing up to me, this is, this is why it's funny that people like I was like labeled or, you know, treated as if I was arrogant. It's kind of funny. The coolest guy in sports to me as a kid was Barry Sanders. He you was same. very serious, right? Same. Imagine the most freakish athlete. You cannot catch this guy in a phone booth. Does the craziest moves. Everybody knows he's going to get the ball. Everybody yep. knows his team need him to get the ball. And when yep. he scores, he turns to the referee and hands Just him the ball. Gives the ball. To yep. me, that was like the wildest thing because he would do something absolutely Freak nasty on the field, and then just Yo, did you see his Oklahoma him. State video? His Oklahoma State was, highlights. Oh my god, like, whoa! And that's following a legend, he literally followed a Hall of Fame Hall Thomas. player, and then and then goes in and does more than him. Like, ugh, ugh. so, like, imagine you know, I look forward to seeing, I actually look forward to seeing as a kid, I would look forward to seeing Barry Sanders score and yeah. flip the referee the ball. To me, that was like the coolest thing. And that's something that made me such a big fan of his. And we don't appreciate that kind of stuff in rugby players. We don't appreciate the gr and rugby and rugby is such a grinder sport. Like Americans mm. will love rugby, but they mm. have no idea about rugby because they want everything to be held under the veil of the team instead of the individual. Individual, right? We don't. We you don't. Know. We don't. We don't love the teams. We love the individuals on the teams that make us love the teams. It's one of those things where I, I do think that this is a result very strongly because of the um, European, South African, New Zealand, Australian way of doing things. And I've talked to a couple of them. It, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I, and I've talked to it and it's always like, oh, you know, we don't worry about the individual. Like you talking about things like URC versus premiership versus top yada 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 like it's like you you have all these splits and it's if you don't have your best players playing people will say you don't care but it's like dude i came to see the best i came to see the best i, I came to see that, that person who i want to emulate we we look for the ones that we relate to and attach the ripple effect to the rest of the the surrounding team yeah. accordingly yeah, you know. Yeah, and and when we lose our connection to that, we we do ourselves a disservice. Exactly, exactly. And I don't think people. I think that's one of those things. Rugby doesn't. People in rugby, especially at the older levels, don't realize the unconscious behavior. Like you can't, in one breath, be like Jonah Lomo is the greatest rugby player ever uh, that you've ever watched, while also simultaneously saying, "We only worry about the team." No. The dude literally sets you up for creating. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't make sense. You it, know what is happening. It's, it's this weird thing where um, 
they they the the thought is not to let individuals overshine the team. Right. That's the thought. But if you watch the movie like Invictus, they spent a good three minutes talking about how dominant Jonah Lamu is. Exactly. The all blacks <laughs> were on the team. They were they were dominant, but to make this story work in the movie, you gotta talk about this one guy that was freakish instead of just being realistic at the like, man, get out of here. Get out of here. It, it, it's right. it's part of it. It's part of it. But that's what makes it that's what makes the transition we're in right now beautiful. Yeah. That's what makes it beautiful. But unfortunately, you know, partially I think America should be less of the USA team, the players on the USA team should be less of the individual kind because we need we need our team. <laughs> we need we it ain't it ain't gonna be our individuals that make us win rugby games on the international level. So it's kind of as Americans is a catch 22. We need to be that same team we were in 2013 and 2017. Yeah. That's really hard to do with the new wave that we on because that 2013, 17 were more team team, even though we didn't win no games. Don't get it right. But I, but I see what you're saying. They, the qualification. Yeah. The qualification process was way different for us on the buildup because everybody was gritty everybody was was nasty everybody was right. willing to go that extra for the team right now we got professionals individuals that make up a team and we struggle to qualify i think that had to do with just more or less coach culture at the time i think scott lawrence would get us qualified in short order coming up soon i but agree it'd take it'd take us leaving that individualistic in order to build fans we got to go individual but in order right. for us to win as a team we, we well, got to be super team. And I think that speaks a lot. And I, I actually now you're in Florida. Now you've been doing a lot of stuff with South Florida. Uh, uh, I get it. I want to kind of go into great American rugby and no flop sports a little bit uh, for, for this one, because I think this is, we're already kind of in that conversation. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot goes into what is it that we want from our rugby, you know, uh, especially from our rugby culture. I, I'm talking with, I'll talk with Tozon all the time, and he'll always say, look, we don't know whether we want to be a recreational sport or we want to be a spectator sport, but we can't be both. And I think whenever, like, going into the media space, well, I, I, so going into the media space, I looked at it as, man, there's this high potential where the sport is capable of having – a real lift. We've got numbers. Like I'm, it, it's not super numbers, but we have numbers. If we can get a hundred thousand people, you got enough numbers to be able to be able to compile, you know, compile and develop. Yeah. But the question is, what kind of person do you want to be for this? So if you're going, we want to be a recreational sport. Well, it subsequently means you're going to have more players. Obviously, the amateur levels increase, but you're not here to develop towards a yeah. very big greater odd yeah. like you're going to get your recreational guys and then those guys that's a thought actually that's a thought i think i think it can be a mix of both though in in a, in a sense right because basketball is that is spectator and recreational but is like, it though yeah think about it and we might have rec league stuff but those guys don't have a thought process that they can go higher. Like right now in our rec league, 
rugby, there's always the thought process that there's a guy that's on that club team that can make it to the national or professional level, which means that's a throughway point. Yeah. But the system for basketball is defined in such a way that if you're 23 and you've yet to even touch a certain checkpoint or list, it becomes recreational for then on. Right. So you'll play it recreationally and support it spectator-wise. Right. The, the rugby pathway isn't laid out to that effect, mm. right? If you're 25 and never went to college, if you're 25 and yet to have a G League tryout, right. you're recreational for the rest of your life. And you, right. And you know what I mean? And I, I, that's why I say it can't be both because the issue is you do have guys that are 27, 28, never had any real shot of development, never really had a, a space to really grow and develop. Right. That tomorrow can wake up, go to a tryout, and do well enough to go sit a bench potentially for an MLR academy team. That's on the right. Bench. So there's a bit of that that's still in there. You know what I mean? I guess our recreational doesn't start until you are so aged out. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're 30 without any prospects before that, you can pretty much sh shut the doors over. You're wrecked right. forever. You know what I mean? I Also, though, a lot of it does have to do with our disorganization in a general sense. Exactly. USA rugby's disorganization at, in a general sense. To see the infighting between different rugby organizations – who all mm -hmm. have the same goal, but in a sense are clamoring for power and control amongst each other separately is mm -hmm. part of the issue. Guess what? Everybody in the USA know the process of becoming an NBA player, NFL player. Yep. If you want to make any arguments or disparages about it, it will come over time and you will have to provide something in between like overtime. It be super concrete. Yeah, like overtime does for the NBA. A lot of players right, exactly. didn't have to go to college necessarily, right? So you can you can find a way to do it, but you have to provide some super lane in order to do it. That's and exactly like, it. There's no super lane, A. It's just like, here's how you get on. Plan for this team, going to college. All right, so if you don't go to college, you can do the academy MLR. But what's your chances of making a team without the college experience to – so then it becomes that catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a inconsistent, unbelievably inconsistent approach to making yes. it there. It used to be. Now, now they say all the all, everybody that played for the USA team is MLR players. So that becomes a screening process. So no longer is it college coaches, U18s, U23s, college All-Americans feeding into it. Now but it, even, you got to even in that. But think about this. Even in that, like them developing, we heard the news of USA Rugby and World Rugby partnering with MLR to create an MLR development MLR team that is a U.S. developmental side, right? So now, what you've now, <laughs> but now what you've now created is this ulterior aspect. Now, is this side a developmental side to become a national team member? Which then means does playing on any of these MLR teams connect you to the uh, uh, national team if that's where you want to go, or is this simply now we're separating the fact of what the highest level is? Is the highest level international? Is it professional? If we're doing professional, we we don't make that distinction. USA will never have a 
the ability to make a distinction at the high in rugby at the highest level, what the highest level is. They would never, it would, and I think that's where it goes into, and that's we, where it goes into those issues where now it comes back to media. What is it that we are supposed to do? Do we want to be able to show and present the best athletes so that we can get the best fans? Or do we want to present the best players so we can have more players? Oi. Oi. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. It, it, would, it, would, it would, that's an, it's a number of things that have to, first of all, I got to see this uh, Hawks Charlotte yeah. situation come to fruition, right? I got, I got to see more of that before I even, Cause I've said I've said a, a little bit about it, but I'm not gonna get into the weeds on it. We're just gonna leave it where it's it. <laughs> I think that I think that the issue with MLR is the issue that we have in America in general, which is we aren't a hundred percent locked in on the American way of doing it. Fact. This is the MLR issue. Now, I've said this before, and I guess I'm glad to say it again. I don't understand or know what's the United States style of rugby. I know how the French play. I know how South Africa play. I know New Zealand's approach. America only issue is we aren't doing it the way that fits America. We're we're asking people from other places to have input and how we approach it, how we do it. And right. because our system and our way of going about it is so unique to us, we're essentially getting people who don't know the landscape of here to try to find how to make it work here. So if we're talking care. about professional in the USA. Professional in the USA is first three years, whole bunch of Americans, years four through the rest of it is such a crazy mix that Americans really don't get the best opportunity or shot to get better showcase and show what they can do. Example, right. if you look at Japan years ago, they would bring in one or two, three to four, five players from a foreign place to play on a team full of Japanese people. Right. They develop. You get one freak athlete from New Zealand, one from Australia, an England dude that you know is on his way back, and then everybody else is Japanese, and that's your right. team. And now you got five of those guys making a Japanese team that beat South Africa in the World Cup, right? Right. In America, instead of having, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use uh, Demonte Noble as an example. Okay. Uh, if you know, so he goes and plays with DC a couple right. years ago. Instead of putting this man on a billboard, on commercials, on the news. On what United Way commercials, Boys and Girls Club volunteer shows, whatever. Instead of formulating a marketing campaign, a campaign marketing plan around, around him, around the most local and successful player that they had, and getting people in the area to buy into the fact that somebody from their community is a part of this team. And yep. mind you, he was playing well at that time. Don't get it yep. twisted. He was coming off the bench a lot, but he was playing well. Instead Dude, he would have those breakaways. He was killing. I he supposedly he had like uh the best ratio, like tries per minutes played or something. So he had only played like 180 minutes total of the season, but had like five tries, which is some Yo. ridiculous stat, right? So instead of having 
D.C. area, the whole DMV looking like, hey, man, we got one of our own that's on the field. We got him as a as a pitcher when he was as a little kid playing for this team and that's local, this team that's local. And mm-hmm. getting people to formulate plots around them, they will, they will bring in a foreigner who people don't have any connection with or understanding yeah. of, right? So that so putting him on a billboard and, and marketing around him would have created 50 more rugby players immediately. Yes. Off, off the first commercial, some little kid was like, he went to that high school. My local high school is rivals with that high school. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So instead of having that approach, the approach is, you know, different. It's, you know, we bringing in all these foreigners, you know, and I'm, I'm not knocking that because foreigners. No, it's not about the foreigners. foreigners. It's about the lack of connection with the community. It is about the foreigners, though, because that's the lack of com- connection with the community. Right. There's nobody like no offense when I say this. And I'm giving disclaimers all day because I say some wild stuff. <laughs> No offense when I say this. This is just to drive a point home, not to be rude. But nobody's going to know how to pronounce the Fijian name, some long-extended Fijian name comparative to an American that grew up around the corner from where these games is played, right? Well, that is I'm going to add one more element. I'm going to add one more element to what you said. If nobody, not only is it very difficult for people to say the name, it's even more difficult whenever the person doesn't talk. Like, if they don't talk and they don't, they're not charismatic – like, why is anybody going to care? Like, I don't care how many names that you put out, bring out. Like, I, I've, I'm, I'm with you on it. I don't care how many names you bring out. I don't care what they've done in any other league. I don't know them. I don't care about them. I don't have any reason to actually do anything with them. So why am I going to connect? This is why one of my biggest issues had been, and 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 I'm going to I'm kind of jump onto your point, like what you said with DeMonte, was the issue that I've had with why Perry Baker, Carlin Isle, and Nia Tapper triplet between 20, uh, what, 2015 and 2019, uh, more so, you know, Perry and Car- uh, Carlin, and then Nia really after 2017, after the Rugby World Cup, um, why they were not used two-time All-American, were not used for far more commercial use because guy from Pompolo Beach, guy from Ohio, and the woman who is Hispanic, <laughs> and Jamaican, but Hispanic in Puerto Rican and Jamaican that went to North Carolina and is known for being an East Coast person. Why you're not using them as your highest levels of community insert to be able to bring in not just recruits, but bring in more fandom. You literally have it written out for you. They have been justified at the highest level. The highlight reels are where people are finding them. Of those specific people, those three specific people are being found first and foremost, and you squander it. Squander it. One isn't playing anymore. One is on the verge of retirement, and the other one is playing maybe one of her last two Olympics. That might be, arguably. And thank God she has her own agent that was been doing stuff. <laughs> so to speak to how you're saying, why didn't you use DeMonte and you bring in these other people? Like, again, I don't mind that foreign people are on the field, but they are the ripple effect, not your front runners. <laughs> Yo. Uh, okay. So once Perry Baker was player of the year two times, I, I will have to say, man, the fact that more like the fact that he like pickleball is more is more popular than rugby. Yeah. 
the fact that Perry Baker was two-time player of the year in a sport that isn't American, and he's from, and he's football-based. Football-based. Everything, everything is literally lending himself to the kind of people that's going to end up playing rugby, the kind of communities that's going to end up playing rugby, right? Football communities. Florida, especially you. Oh my, these athletes down here. Uh, talent hotbed, athletic talent hotbed. And, and then when you when you really put the thoughts into it, and this is a crazy. What I'm about to say is actually preposterous, but it's the truth. Perry Baker, as freakish as he is, two-time World Rugby Sevens Player of the Year, isn't the best athlete in Florida. No, he's and in that, a high percentile. Don't get it yes. twisted. He's in a very high percentile, but it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of other ones that you get him a rugby ball in time. Perry Baker got a uh inside center that's on dream teams all throughout the series with him, or you know, you got a uh, you know a center or, or a scrum half, or like we have the talent, we yeah. have the people. The only thing we're missing is someone on a on a soapbox yelling right. about how awesome the players are. Right, you too, right? Yelling about how awesome the players are, and the 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 uh people who hit the flip the switches and make the decisions, running running the organization in a sense of we need to garner as many eyes, we need to garner as much respect as we possibly can because the game of rugby is built on automatically for Americans. Super tough and rough. Yes. And if Look, you tell the guy who's, who's faster and quicker and, and than everybody, kill it in super tough and rough sports, everybody will flood it. Everybody fast. will flood it. Everybody will flood it. And, but, and that's the thing. That's why I think it's been so confusing. Like, over these last 11 years of just doing the media side and seeing it and being like, hold up. Why... How are you guys broke right now? And where are you guys putting your time into? Like, people will talk to me, uh, will, will say, yo, I might be too critical of things like the Rugby Network. Bro, honestly, I it's not the Rugby Network. Whenever I understand, know where we are. We are media people who didn't pay a whole lot of money. We've invested ourselves. We're working, all right? There's no millions behind our names, let alone billions. All right, but you find a way to be able to get it, garner an audience, create a voice and platform. Now, when you have an entity, I don't give a crap what their excuse is. There are so many, there's more than one owner that has Bill in front of their, their net worth, and the rest of them are Mill, and they fund that same program. If you are not able to create a decent marketing, a campaign. And you got the money and the resources. I can't talk to you. I, I can't blame them. I, I can't blame <laughs> M, MLR owners. I can't blame. Right. Oh, I, I can't blame because they're pigeonholed to a certain set of um, they're pigeonholed a bit. And that's true. I blame their decision making for who they're consulting with. Then I, I, I th this is the thing. This issue, like. We're blaming, if, if this is the case, we're blaming MLR owners for an issue that's persistent for a decade before the MLR existed. Before the sure. thought of the MLR existing, 
this was the issue. It isn't just Perry Baker, uh, Tapper, Carla Niles in this specific set. This goes all the way back and through early 2000s up until now. Right. And to blame them specifically. Now, we can say they didn't do a lot to help the problem, but they have their own list of problems with players. If we're talking about these, every player talking about unionizing and stuff, yeah, I can't expect the same group that got the same people that's in the competition trying to figure out how their life going to turn out in the middle of the competition to also at the same time put together marketing plans to shine light on those same individuals within their competition. It's very hard for me to make that, for, for me to, to believe that they'll close that gap somehow. Our biggest issue is there's a there's not a concentrated, from all angles, a concentrated effort to shine light on our game. I, Lance, will take blame on it just a drip because I'm not getting big enough fast enough, right? It's still prevailing thoughts like give blood, play rugby, that right. people know more than great American rugby. I got work to do. But I can't expect the owner of a team that just drafted a player who was a part of a disbanded team that just moved his family to the city before that team disbanded, that's now moving his family to a new city right. for a new team. And it's not like they're getting paid millions anyway. So right. to, like it, 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 I'm going to do them a favor and not blame them. So but I will this, say that they're not helping the issue as well. So this is where I go. The MLR might be the, the fastest. I look at them as the most recent variation. Simply because of the fact that I also know that a lot of those same guys, and I'm not saying they're not working. I'm not saying that they don't have their issues. I understand the, their money issues, like, as you just spoke of. But a lot of those same guys are the same people that were also there in the past. A lot of those same guys are part of those old Eagles. And, and my issue doesn't go back to just spend money because it's not just spend money. It's the decision that you made to not be front forward on some, or like, let's remember, remember, um, the old, um, uh, uh, not the rugby network, um, rugby channel, the rugby channel. Right. I thought great idea. I actually legitimately thought that was great. I was like, you're moving forward, but their execution and how they negotiated it became the problem. And the problem with that was subsequently, yo, you made decisions on non-creative people or people that had nothing to do with rugby when you had a whole list of people who are both creative and were in rugby who could simply add and not even do it for a fraction of the cost that you were already going to do, which would probably have done it for more of the quality. And you would now have a chance to have been an investment in not only the growth of your own marketing system, but you would have been able to see your own system develop from a uh, community and natural base. So when I start to see the same issues happen again, and so I now point at the MLR guys, not because I think simply they don't have enough debt or funds that are on them, but simply because of the fact that in those early stages, again, you had the chance not to learning. develop from people that you literally talked to. You talked to them. Those owners know who we are, or those people who are indecision know who we are. If there is a person who is bringing on, and again, I, I hate to make it racial, but I don't really hate to make it racial. Look at what the makeup of most of what 
we have for the rugby team. You're going to tell me that we needed another Australian and a British guy to tell us about rugby throughout the entire, like, again, no hate to them, but who are you? Like, who are you once again? And it's not a jealousy. It's just a fact of just like, you're repeating your same mistakes and you're not utilizing your resources. And it just, it becomes a tiring effort to do it again and again. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest though. This is where um, my my stoic base comes into play, right? If it ain't for me, it ain't for me, right? Right. And there's one thing I do know, right? Like, I did, I did a, I cut a promo for Rugby Network, right, for the CRCs uh, last year, and the whole process was pretty smooth. It was pretty chill. It was pretty dope, but. When I look at the rugby network in general, that's not a place that I'm going to find rugby information. And that's the right. biggest, I guess, you know, oops of the whole thing is that the rugby network isn't my first choice for rugby information. You know what I mean? Right. The, if I want to know something about the NFL, the NFL network don't tell me. Or ESPN right. at worst. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's going to be something branded that shows me about what's going on in rugby. I can't right. get the full scope of what's going on in rugby by watching the rugby network. And that main reason is because wasn't the rugby network created just to, not just to, but as an extension marketing arm for MLR? Of course. All right, so how can we blame, or, you know, that's not necessarily my lane, right? MLR isn't specifically Lance's lane. I like right. talking about MLR, but it's not, that's not gonna, you know, that's not something that I look for. Like, I don't watch MLR games with a sense of like diagnosing and really seeing who has a shot to win the title this year. Like, no, right. I watch MLR when it's, uh, it's about to be championship time. Let's see who actually serious or not. All right, cool. You know what I mean? I might watch uh, a game that might have like, like Chicago Dallas last year. That would have been, that'd have been a good game for me to watch just to see which right. team would get the first win in history compared to the other. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, like in a general sense, that's not where I'm going for my rugby information. You know what right. I'm saying? That's, and that's that's the biggest problem with the Rugby Network because it has the perfect name, but it doesn't, you know. And I was on the Rugby Network, right? You done it? Yeah, I've done I've done commentary and stuff for Rugby right. Network, and I've, you know, what I mean, but I'm not expecting them to reach out and, you know, what more can we do with you, Lance? You have the, I, no, I don't expect that from them because I don't, I don't, ex, I, I'm, I've come to the point I don't expect other people to see my value. But that's where I that's this is where I go. But that's where I go. This is where you actually those are the talents that you want. Like, I don't you don't expect like I'll go off. I'm going to use my personal experience. I don't expect anybody to ask me to do anything. I found everything. I found all my access, all my access points myself. And that was exactly what I wanted. So it makes it where I just it's not a big deal. But but you lose the ability then to be able to say we could have been the dominant force on that. Like, it's the equivalent. Like, look at ESPN. Before all the cord cutting, what did they do? They brain-drained newspapers. They brain-drained other yeah. apartments. Yeah. And they became what? The number one yeah. sports network in the world. Even as they're dying, you're still almost number one to go find information there. Why? They took the best. They found them. They recruited them. They built people up yeah. and did it. Once again, is the difference of are you trying to follow the trend or are you trying to set the trend? And it's not, again, do we need to? Because I'm still here. I'm looking for 
I'm not looking for them to do anything. I want the sources my damn self, and I'm gonna find them because we put the work in. We do it ourselves. But that's who you want. You don't want to go. That's who you want to do if you're ambitious in what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that's what makes it scary. The people I, that have those changes, are you ambitious? Or are you just trying to yeah. fulfill a, you know, well, rugby media, rugby media has has a gang of issues from well before that. You know what I'm saying? Fair. From well before that. And, 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 and this is not me absolving yet again. Like, I... You know why? You know why I got the. Uh, you know why I say there is no evil plan. Hmm. The reason I say there's no evil plan is because when I first started, I was treated almost standoffish from a lot of like, you know, rug important quote unquote important rugby people, rugby influences, rugby right. right? Like, like. I'm I'm coming in here with the hopes of expanding the the thought process, expanding the fan base. You know what I'm saying? Getting people interconnected. But how I was, how I felt, I was you know being treated in the beginning made it seem as though like, oh no, watch out for him. He he up mm. to something. There's no evil plan. Right. There's no evil plan. This is just me trying to talk rugby, trying to like be a part of a game that I love. Right. Essentially, you know what I'm saying? And. I love when you do shows with like you do show with like the rugby roundup and all them the, right. the, and them guys rugby and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I love the fact that you can do stuff like that because at one point to me it felt like everybody was at odds with each other. Facts. You know I mean? People, uh, I, a, a example I can give, and it's not really the case in the end, but it was a it was a guy that I uh, ended up interviewing a while ago very influential rugby guy and at the start of the conversation you know what i'm saying it was almost like a worry of like am i trying to um set him up or i'm or you know what i mean or or it, it or am i being genuine in my approach like yeah it, it wasn't i wasn't giving the benefit of the doubt of the of, of, of a rugby media in a sense it was almost like i have to make sure like there's no real way to vet you but i have to make sure and that was the yeah. you know what i mean it it's tournaments all through the USA. I go to tournaments all through the USA, right? It's still a bunch of tournaments that I've been, I'm reaching out, trying to figure out like when y'all having a tournament, where is it going to be at? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like right. no response. And then the tournament goes on or the competition happens and you see who there. And it's like, did y'all really, did y'all, do y'all want to shine? Do y'all, you know right. I mean? that kind of stuff. I like, I like the fact that you are able to find ways to intermingle and mix with people and get you know collaboration with people this is the reason why no flop nick is with me right like i need like look i need my peoples bro it's a, bunch of, it's a bunch of people that be like man i i love what you're doing man i'm trying to do it i need you to do that i need yeah. you to do it today i need you yeah. to do it now i need you to do it as soon as possible yeah. so that I can see you at tournaments and we can leak up on stuff. Exactly. Or I, see, or I can see you in one place and you know what I'm saying? This is it's a guy in uh Wisconsin. His name's uh Badger Kings. Oh yeah, of course. Shout Dude's been doing this for years. Listen, so every time I see him, I can I can I can be commentating the game. If he's in camera shot in the background, I'm shouting him out. I see him at a tournament, I'm walking up to him saying what up to him. That's like legit. he's the dudes, these are the people that where they, I mean, you know, not to say they should be treated like royalty, 
but every time people see them, it got to be love because these are yeah. like unsung heroes. And media people ourselves need to make sure that we're keeping these people close. Because one thing right. is, like, it can get cold out here when you buy your lonesome. It can get tough out here when you're on this your own. This is facts. I be like, fact. yeah, this is why No Flop Nick is, like, I always make sure No Flop Nick with me. I always, you know what I'm saying, try to make sure we locked in on something. Even if he going to, like, as of right now, he on a, like, a mile hiatus because, you know, life is happening. You know what I'm saying? He and life is happening. But I make sure he tagging and stuff. I make sure I'm hollering at him. Like, whenever, whenever your time free up and you got the opportunity, bro, come holler at me. Now he playing. So now it's like, all right, well, since you playing, I'm going to come to your games and I'm going to interview you after your games. And then after that, we're going to talk about what happened in the game. And then, you know right. what I mean? Like, trying to find a way to just connect with media people is 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 no it's probably look I, I, I will say from from that from that standpoint has been one of the things that helped grow what i've been able to do as well you know i had guys at the time like grant cole who was doing his stuff in texas for the longest time or that doug coyle whenever he came around so guys like that or um you know even my boy Headley, like they would help and create at least an element. And I, I almost, I always liken it. And I, I told this with Ginty because I feel like Ginty and I came out of the same peer group. It was like me, Ginty, Wendy Young. Shout um, out to Wendy. Shout out yo, to Ginty. Shout out to Wendy. Sorry, like, I had to do that. I had to do that. Hey, man, let's go. Let's go. I, I just, I got, I'm trying to get Wendy on here. It's tough, but I'm trying to get her on this. <laughs> do it. Do that. You know? Uh, but you know, it, 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 I, I, I remember talking to Ginty about this and I was like, dude, this feels like the comedians. And if you ever listen to like, whenever comedians talk about their generation of comedians that they grew up, the class that they came up with, it's always like, um, the, the, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the, um, from the comic view guys to the, um, um, Russell Simmons uh Def comedy, comedy Jam. Those guys all came up the same and you talk to them, they grew they grew together, they ate together, they developed together and all of a sudden they all blew in there but all of it was over this extended period of time where they were under the wings and covers and from the media side it works. And I, from for us in rugby I've seen that actually work cuz I did have that one experience like you had uh, with one person who was like really off guard about me asking, they were like, are you trying to take my spot? Are you trying to do what I'm trying to do? And I was like, no, I, you've just been doing it and I admire what you do. And I just went to, I got questions. I just right. to- <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and I, I, like dealing with that is, is, is <laughs> disheartening. Isn't the right word. It is this bit of um, like, it is a, this is a giant pond. This is a giant pond. And there's some medium-sized fish. There's some big fish, but them big fish don't really care about our pond so much. And the medium-sized fish are clamoring, trying to hold on to whatever grass they had, not realizing that, you know, the small fish is really, you know, in this analogy, the small fish that are getting followings and are growing aren't going to grow big and eat you. They're going to yeah. grow big and make sure that you're <laughs> with them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I, dude, if in 10 years this can turn into something way bigger, the last thing I'd be thinking about is how to squish somebody that that's been rocking right. with you from now. Like that would be, that's literally the anti of what I'd be thinking. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's, it's pointless. Why do you want all that weight on your shoulder? Like you don't want to carry this whole sport 
on your soul's shoulders. You want to do your part and be able to do your job and do the part that you enjoy the most. And there's somebody who can be able to bring another part and enjoy and be able to do the most. And it like, it works. It It works works better when there's more people in it. Yeah, it works. It absolutely works. It it's built this way though. Like if, if the players need other players to compete against in order to showcase what they can do, the media people, need to be able to have this section this side this piece and those stories combined when they all meet at nationals you know what i'm saying because that's really that's really what it all come down to what happened on the field is what we're talking about writing about speaking about yeah so if somebody in cali can give me a really good picture of how they are in socal and somebody in new england can let me know exactly how these players operate and move in socal oh my gosh and then they end up playing against each other, it would allow me to have a better understanding of what I'm about to watch, what exactly. I have watched, and then years later can build upon when those kind of teams in those areas play again. It's exactly. really hard to determine how good a team is because the only time I hear about them is when I meet about it, when I see them at nationals. Yeah. My first time hearing about y'all is when it's the last tournament of the year for all the marbles. Right. How, am I, how can I expect y'all to do anything? Or how can I have anticipation of a player or a coach and what he's done and what he's built and what he's creating, right? And this is the reason, and I and I, this is the reason why my personality, the joyous, fun-loving, life-loving, works so well in this realm. It probably didn't work as well when I was a player playing on these teams. Is when I'm when I'm meeting people I don't know and getting them to talk to me about stuff. That bit of personality works. It allows me to sit down with the coach or let's say. Uh, Schuylkill River, who I never really met in person. Right. And he tells me his philosophy, what he believes. Now I understand why they top four every year when they come to nationals. When they're playing against all these teams that are built together, manufactured, this group is from the same area, rep the same thing, same culture. You jump into this group and you mesh and see where you fit, and then you make the group better as an individual instead of it being right. pieced together for that year. Now right. I know why Schuylkill is like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That bit of personality doesn't work when you're trying to control 15 people and it's a happy guy on the sideline that's not upset that the ball was knocked on or, you know, whatever. I can understand why in this realm it works and why it doesn't work in other realms. Right. This is what we need. But I needed to hear more about this Schuylkill River coach before I sat down. Well, before, right? I didn't know about him two, three, six, seven years ago. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing. Cause, and, and, and another thing I say to people is when you watch the NFL, by yeah. the time you get to the 10th season, you can kind of understand – not 10th season, excuse me. The 10th week okay. of the season, you know where the hierarchy of teams fit. Right. The reason is because – since 1992, I've seen that process happen every year, yep. and I can see where teams fit. That is not the case for club rugby in any sense. It's just like an mm. Idaho team came out of nowhere last year and took second in D2, right? How would I have even known how they would fit in a, in a D2 circumstance if this is my first time ever knowing that this team existed? Right. I, I need somebody in Idaho to at least say something about – a player on a team, right? I need somebody from, you know what I mean? Like that, and that's the issue. Like, right. I I don't have the bandwidth to cover the entire USA, but I can just talk about the players. And then it right. don't matter where they're from. I'm talking about individual people. 
I can't talk about certain teams that have to have a formula to win. Right. It isn't every team, but it, it, you know it's repetitive. I know how Nav, how good Nav is comparative now. I've seen it enough. I have a case study worked right, and then right. I see how good a new team manufactured put together can do in the same scenario against a team like Nav. So maybe in five years I'll have this database that allow me to be able to predict things. In a, you know, what I mean, I do pretty good now, but. I need more people around. That's why I'm like anybody ever say I want to start something. I'm like, say, start that. I'm like, start that now. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm giving players nicknames just so we can know their story. You right. Know I mean? I'm, I'm talking to uh players, parents. When I go to these tournaments, nice. to learn a little bit about them. You know what I mean? I'm talking to players, girlfriends and, and wives to, to learn more about, uh, what it means who to they are them. Yeah, yeah what it means to support them who they are what are they like why is it you know what i mean what does it mean to you when they do this you know what i mean right. that kind of stuff is really what makes a full body story when we're talking about a team a player a region an area if i can do more than that or have more people that can do stuff like that man rugby is waiting to blow but right you can't you, it can't be your first time hearing about it when it's some dude from another country playing on a professional team that's local to you, it makes it really tough for you to really back them. You know what I mean? Facts. It's Facts. it's a marketing issue. It's a marketing oh, it always has been. It, it has always been the marketing issue. I don't think there's anything else. Like I've said before, I think I've even told this to my wife. Rugby has all the pieces needed to blow. All the pieces. The biggest issue is how it communicates itself. Has been from, and this isn't a U.S. issue. This is literally a global issue, a global issue across board. Like when I heard one player said in England, I didn't even know rugby was happening like that. That shocked me. Mm. And that tells you a lot. You, you, also, you ever heard of tall poppy syndrome? Heard of it. Yes. All right. Tall poppy syndrome, for those who don't know, tall poppy syndrome is a notion of people in your area or region hating on you when you have success basically exactly. trying to knock you down a peg when things are going good for you right? right and that is a term that is really used in new zealand a bit in australia but it's southern hemisphere right, right? in america and places like this we just call them haters people be hating right. on you right but that that persists through all of what is our sport tall poppy syndrome is a big issue in the entirety of our sport because it doesn't allow people to give real respect to the players that's good, A, because you're competing against them, right? Mm -hmm. But in every other sport, we will give credit. Like, ain't nobody ever going to – ain't no NFL player be like, Lamar ain't that good. Right. But there's a bunch of players that that's here and see somebody on the Eagles be like, he ain't that good. Maybe he not. Maybe not. But we don't big each other up the way that we're supposed to. We don't right. big each other up as a, as a group. And, and realizing that players need other players. That's one thing I realized when I was done. Like how I needed that guy standing across from me for me to be a better player. I needed that coach to try to figure out a way to stop me for me to become a better player. And I think we're Word. missing that as far as rugby go. No, I love that. I love that. Well, look, I think that is as great a place for oh, us. No, to oh, no, 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 no. Wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, right, right, right. You did wait. say we got a whole dream. So hold on. It's a great American rugby tradition to give thanks and gratitude to someone who helped you on your rugby journey. Gift for the first time. Could you please give gratitude to someone who helped you on your rugby journey? 
Oh my gosh, dude, that one is multitude. Um, name as many people as you need to. Okay, uh, I think Grant Cole, first and foremost, man, pr- provided me the access to probably as wide a network as anybody else. Um, Laura Gill, uh, she was the one who first approved me for credentials into USA Rugby Games, which has essentially allowed me now to go to World Cups and be credentialed for the Olympics, which I need to tell you about and so that you make sure you do because I'm getting tired of not enough Americans getting over there. Um, Shay Flowers, who uh, opened me up to being able to do broadcasts for bigger, like the Red River Games, especially the national championships. And one was one of the few people who, you know, even gave money a little bit, but gave money for it, which helped me significantly with being able to broadcast games. Uh, my guy, Headley Legrand, uh, who's been an advisor and a mentor. Uh, he was doing uh, this, uh, not this American rugby, um, a rugby life uh, for the longest. And we've just been able to transfer over my guy, Jason Bray over it in Thailand. Or he's in Malaysia. Now us, he was the one I did the the bike ride with in 2019 that solidified what my mission was with rugby. Um, and then this one isn't a specific set of people, but it is the original uh, Prairie View AM and Morehouse guys in 2018 that did the HBCU yeah. Rugby Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for them, I don't even know what my trajectory was going to be because one, that was about to be a whole clusterfuck if that didn't go the way it wanted to. But two, those guys came together last second, figured it out. And it's not even just them. Everybody who participated in that first one set the pathway for what's been, I think, my biggest, I will consider accomplishment. And I don't even think I'm really that good. I think everybody else has done a marvelous job in it, and I simply have existed within the process of it. So those guys at the beginning set it off, and then you know it's been developing off from around there. But I, I would say those people probably set the path the highest, and then there's been so many other people around. Um, you know, Baton Rouge rugby, Tokyo Gaijin, they've they've provided me the elements around that, but. Um, yeah, man, I got, there's flowers for days on that one, but I'm a, I'm gonna keep it with that. That was pretty good. Actually, like <laughs> that, that guy, that touched a lot of bases. It touched how you started, how you grew, how you got focused, and then how you tried to expand or, or made the step to expand. And it was people who need to help you. That's, that's literally, that's probably one of our more like full, you know, over, you know, complete circle kind of, uh, great American rugby traditions, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you for asking, brother. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, um, but um, is, is there more to the tradition? I just, just want to make sure. No, that, that's it. You just got to give thanks to And, you know, usually people, like, for example, right, at some point or another, we'll be on the conversation face-to-face like this again. And yep. when I ask you, you'll probably have to name someone else who wasn't a, a part of this one. So, like, I asked Mike Friday a few times, and it's always somebody different. I think the last time was the first time he mixed a few people. Right. If I ask, if I ask you again, though, I'm gonna need uh, we need. Some hey, I'm ready. People. I got, I got names. I got names. I got my peoples. <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. No, but I, I appreciate you. Like I said again, it's this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and uh, you know, like being able to see the growth 
that you've had. And I said it at the beginning, but I'm gonna say it again. You've done you are significant to the history of not just rugby, not just American rugby, but to the history of well, just sports that's being developed right now. Like this is a momentous moment. So kudos and legit kudos to you doing that and being a part of this journey with us. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, any last words that you have for the people and where they can find you? Oi, all right, let's get to, I mean, let me move my uh, my microphone closer on this one. You feel me? Um, all right, if I was the end, I would say this, man. This one thing that I'm going to uh, I'm gonna live with. I walk around with a belt at these tournaments that says live in gratitude. And one of the biggest things that I have to say for this whole journey is that I've been able to enjoy it because I've been able to focus on the things that I have and the things I've been able to accomplish instead of worrying about or thinking about the things that I'm I'm missing or I'm lapsed in, things I don't have. I think that's one thing that plagues us as athletes is that we don't look at the fact that we did really well in the game. We look at the fact that we knocked the ball on at the wrong time. We don't look at the fact that we made a tackle against a guy bigger than us. We look at the fact that we missed a tackle that we probably weren't going to make anyway, right? Um, I think if we want to live better as human beings if, and we want to live better as athletes, we want to live better as people, then the first thing we got to do is live in the now and respect the fact that we are on the on the cutting edge floor of creating and doing a bunch of beautiful and amazing things but you have to remember that you came a long way and that where you stand right now was earned and if you can do that i think uh you'll be a better rugby player a better husband a better wife a better son a better daughter a better person so shout out to everybody who live in gratitude who can look at themselves in the mirror and say that they are enough and that they can accomplish all the things that they want to and I'm very proud that people are, are are happy to see what Great American Rugby has done so far. But to me, I feel like it's only the beginning. I feel like it's just the start. If you want to take a look at the journey or see how everything's going, please find me on Instagram at Great American Rugby. Please find me on Facebook, Great American Rugby. You can find me on TikTok give us freelance you can find me on twitter formerly known as twitter but x now give us freelance or if you really want to find me i'm going to be at your local tournament i'm going to be at your regional tournament i'm going to be at your select side tournament i'm going to be on the microphone i'm going to be on the side i'm going to be there where the action is and i hope you out there balling because if you are i can't wait to talk to you shout out to everybody and gif i appreciate you bringing me on and my pleasure, man. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Lance, for being on. Thank you for being willing to tell your story. We got more that's going to have to come for the future because there's so much to tell. Always love being able to see promotion from, you know, our media people in rugby continuing to grow the base and develop and really trying to make this industry, community, and game stronger across board. So, Thank you so much for being a part of it. And thank you all for taking a listen. Absolutely go ahead and pick up some of our other podcasts after you can recover. Uh, we had Craig Dawson on last time. Check out Fred, uh, Mike Anderson with um, the RS Rugby Foundation. Check out Freddie Henry Ajudwa 
with Nigeria Rugby and absolutely our slew of other commentators. Of course, our new show. Absolutely check us out across board. Definitely appreciate you guys. But I'm going to let you guys know that I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, y'all. Cheers. <laughs>